there we go. So, new podcast yeah, series. Yeah, yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna. This is, this is a digital twin fan club diaries, but it's more of a, a, a therapy session, isn't it, for people who want to get involved to it more than anything. Like, what's been going on? Where have you come from? What challenges do you face? Authentic conversation rather than the persona that we all project into industry. Yeah. So I might get sacked. You 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 might sack yourself. Yes. I've uh, I'm, I've given myself a written warning already this week. Uh, okay. Good. Yeah. Good. So so thirty second intro- introduction to what we want to do. Uh, I we I want this podcast series to talk to actually unpeel the characters within the fan club and the individuals that attend the podcast. So basically, mm. Henry and I are going to start this. We're going to talk about what where we come from, uh, what's going on in our week, our history, our challenges, our authentic selves, rather than the personas that we project into industry, because everyone has a mask when they're in industry. And I mm. think for us to face the challenges that we need to tackle, people need to be a little bit more authentic. Yeah, I appreciate that. I think I was finding in recent podcasts that I wasn't really having the opportunity to be myself and i had one eye on the edit i had one eye on are we hitting content notes do we need to say these things is this interesting is this engaging but you know and it it just kind of gets a little bit trite a little bit artificial after a while and so yeah yeah like i'm 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 here for it i'm here for it let's have a let's just be ourselves so so henry lay lay on the therapy couch take a nice comfy lay down on the therapy couch all right let's go where, so, so what's what's your, thirty seconds, maybe a minute? What's your history and where? Henry's just laid down there. Um, yeah, I am. I have reclined. My chair has that feature. So, so, so what's your name? Where do you come from? How have we how have we got to where you are? One minute. See if you can do it. Go on. Uh, I'm Henry Charles Fenby Taylor. Um, thanks to undiagnosed ADHD, I only graduated as a landscape architect when I hit my thirties. For same said reason. I then immediately pivoted into innovation and tech and information management. Always been interested in supporting young people and pushing the industry forward and, and making real change, frankly. And don't like the artifice. And ended up head of information management at the Centre for Digital Built Britain. So that was, you know, kind of uh, the bit that I used to then go start my own research and communication company. And, done some work for innovate uk and working for the gatsby foundation right now and uh i'm trying to become a liberal democrat liberal democrat mp uh and i want to yeah i I agree with you i want to be authentic and i want to want to bring some genuine insights let's lead with data let's understand what's going on let's listen to people and let's stop gatekeeping and you know hiding from the truth when the truth can set you free there you go How's your imposter syndrome at the moment? It's really good, actually. It's my my imposter syndrome is fine because I've spent <laughs> so long around people who are, you know, really laying it on thick that I've started to realise that all my self doubt and all the caveats I'd put in, you know, I'd say, so this is what I think, but caveat, caveat, caveat. In fact, that used to be a thing I'd say all the all the time. I just say caveat, caveat, caveat after a while after people knew me. Um, (laughs) and you know I know what I know I know what I know and I know what works and I know what's real and I know what's important to me and I think to the built environment what so I I genuinely think I have a vision for what needs to be done I I don't think it's it's not hopefully it's ah there we go I'm caveating I it is not something that is full of double speak and lies I think it's just transparency and that's data and that means accountability and that means clarity and just the whole sector lacks that why are things so complicated things are so complicated in this sector there's just zero need for it yeah nice uh so you've been you've been in quite a journey haven't you really like i know the first the first, the first time i saw i, I think it's been the first time i met you was at teesside university and you did yes. a presentation and there was a model and you had a pirate ship um i remember that yeah, I, I I can't remember the context of that now, but it it, it still st- stuck with me. We were both <laughs> KTP Knowledge Transfer Partnership Associates, um, yeah. and I 
was basically left to my own devices um, because it's a good earner for the university. And, you know, if you don't have to put loads of work yeah, in, then, then great. Um, yeah. And you were one as well. And so go yeah. on, that's gone, your turn. So I, I've spoken about me a little bit about my history and my, my philosophy. Go on. So architect graduate. Who are you? Who are you? What's your name? Most. So I'll just lay down. I'm on the couch now. Yes. Oh, yes. I'll sit back up. I'll sit back up. There we go. I'm sitting back Henry's, up. Right. There you go. Henry's put the. He's got his glasses on. He's got his pen in his hand now. Um, so, 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 architecture graduate, um, undergrad, started my own business doing visualization using BIM software. Ended up kind of a mini BIM consultant. Graduated into like part two. Realized the industry was kind of very broken very quickly everything just nothing made sense to me like everything just seemed backwards so i i wanted to push the digital agenda and it was also part i graduated in 2008 when the recession really hit so being a bit different really helped mm. uh ends up a ktp person as well um which is like a university funded r d stuff aligned to the bim mandate um but then weirdly i was i felt stuck in the north i was in the northeast of england and i stuck i felt stuck in the northeast and that was mm. like i was like all right i do i settle here uh the, the, the company that i set up was partially owned by the practice that had given me a job but i felt stuck and i felt like i wanted to see the big corporate world because i was a youngster and it was like gonna see big companies and big money and big projects so when i was offered the opportunity for big business big businessy big bim type roles i took it and ended up um a very young director at wig uh, had absolutely no idea what I was doing, really. Um, and I was you... your Smithers. I was your. If you were Mr. Burns, I was your Smithers in that role. <laughs> oh yeah, we we sorry, we had no idea what we were doing. Um, <laughs> um, in that point, but I remember, like, one of the first meetings I did when I was introduced to the WIG board, I must have been 20 years younger than the next person in that room. Mm -hmm. And they were like, Jonathan, how do we do things? And I was like, I've read these really woolly standards that are going to do things. But then I quit anyway. So I ended up doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, massive, massive tech nerd, founded a bunch of stuff. Um, mm -hmm. uh, ended up now heading up digital at WSP, leading con contact, always like to be project facing. Yes. Cyclist, ex-rugby player, uh, fan of twins. But, Founder yeah. of still, Zero still. Constructs as well. You know, yeah. that's uh, that's a big thing. I didn't talk yeah. about all of all, all of my bits and bobs. But uh, but, but, but still yeah, massive. I love the construction industry. Hate the way we do a lot of stuff. Mm. Um, get massively frustrated with it. Uh, so let's, let's, let's do that thing. Let's do the thing. You know, follow that. Let's shamelessly rip off the CEO diaries and talk about our weeks and what's on our minds and you know let's just start from that we'll get more natural at this as we go i'm yeah. sure um so, so what's my what's your biggest challenge so i've got my i've got my two things written down um hmm. what's your biggest challenge at the moment henry because you, you're like independent consultant yeah slowly taking over government aren't you at the moment well i i hope that this is one of the things that i can share is what it's like running a small business and it's effectively a consultancy. So yeah, my big concern right now is, so I, I've just recently won some uh, work for the Gatsby Foundation, which is funded by Sainsbury's, Lord Sainsbury or David Sainsbury. Um, and that's looking at why skills support, AKA, AKA apprentices aren't making it to the micro companies construction trades people on the ground the the trades that people are concerned are are dying out and that there was a great stat for that so something like um micro companies receive 57 percent of the money they paid into the construction industry trade board citb levy and large companies received 117 percent of the money that they paid in why is that so i mean that's the work that's work so that's a concern i'm getting that i've got some uh, great uh, research support and i've got some great admin support that i brought in so linda thompson's helping me with that um but my challenge that i learned from my last report that i did was to keep the business going while doing that work because that was my big mistake is i just you know i had this yeah. work from innovate uk i got my head down and i just did the absolute best work i could and it you know paid 
paid the rent, paid the mortgage rather. And, you know, it was, I felt it was really useful work and I really stand by it and believe in it. And that's kind of what did for my imposter syndrome is once I issued that and I reread it and I got some feedback, I was like, I know what I'm talking yeah. about. Check me out. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. But I was then, I immediately then went into cold storage for three months because I didn't have any work lined up. So I was on, you know, three months after that came, after that work was finished, before it was released, about three months, yeah. four months to release, I was having an absolute meltdown. So yeah. I'm trying to learn that lesson. It's a new year, new me. I don't usually do that sort of thing, but I'm doing it this year. I've quit drinking. Um, I'm really taking the ADHD stuff in hand. I'm using my tools. So I, I'm really going from a point of just being very sporadic and bouncing around all over the show to try and like accept my life mm. deal with it and you know so that means right now i've got this project to deliver and we're speaking to loads of construction tradespeople who don't have apprentices which are really hard to find uh, they're hard to find because the whole point is they don't have the time because if they had the time maybe they'd be taking up some government support um yeah and then balancing that with I'm still kind of in negotiations for running more events and I'm still looking at writing more reports and I'm still looking at more videos and podcasts and then and it's really hard to keep track of. So that's that's my number one thing is getting that balance right right now. That's it. And it, it, and to stop thinking about it after like maybe five or six o'clock and go do something else. <laughs> Not possible. You you live in your head when you work for yourself. It's impossible. So so I remember I think we were we were sat in a pub talking about this like business development pipeline stuff, weren't we, a while ago? And we mm. was like you were like, I finished report but I've not I've done no B D. Yeah. Uh, like one of the um the most traumatic business experiences I had was when I was I was purely working for myself doing my part two architecture stuff. And one a massive common. Oh, I think one of the rules is we don't name people or name things in this because, like, you can't. So anyway, working for a big tier one, um, on a massive contract, help them, basically won them a project that stopped an office going under. Yeah. Like I did the design submission, doing some cool techie stuff, uh, helped them win the project. Um, worked solid for six months on the job. I didn't get paid for close to twenty four months. Wow. So, yeah. So I'd, I suspect, right? The uh, that the rule is is that we can name we can name people if we like them, but uh, yeah. <laughs> if you're worried about, I mean, I I don't mind if you name them, but uh, yeah, you'll have to read that particular whirlwind yourself. Yeah. You? But 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 that is it's it's a lesson you learn. You're like your head's down and you're absolutely stomping away at doing the work, and then you invoice them, and then they end up playing typical big business invoice battle. But then you've got twelve months worth of cash flow issues. Yeah. And it's a and it's a. It, it, it was definitely a lesson I learned very, very quickly is that, but it, I don't, I don't think there's anything I could have done about it. And honestly, looking back, I could have done a bit more, I could have had some other projects, but I wouldn't have the capacity. I was doing a degree. Mm. Uh, it just, it just learned me that, that, that companies will always, you always have to cover your risks. And I was like, but it gets to a point where it, they're like, I remember I, when I finally got paid, the project was getting like handed over on site and I, I was arguing with the QS and he was like, Oh, we're not sure. I was like, I literally won you this job and you finished it. Like, yeah. can I have my pittance of cash please? Um, but it was it's like, it puts you, it puts your life in it, like life, it, yeah. or life at risk because you can't afford your bills. You can't afford to pay for your stuff. And it was, it was at that point because I was, I was a university undergrad. So this was just like keeping the lights on money. Um, People anyway. top themselves, people kill themselves over this yeah you know like that's a, this is another thing with like the whole construction trades thing is is they suffer from that yeah. regularly and loads of people leave the construction sector and never come back and everyone's like why did they why did they all go this is a great sector to work in mm. yeah it can be but it can be awful as well we, we we were youngsters then though and i've 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 learned a lot so yeah so we kind of we've dabbled in big corporate, we've dabbled in startups, and it's like one of the one of the interesting things with um, the the, Z, the zero app, like zero startups of WhatsApp. It's it's gone to like startup to from startup into scale up in a lot of ways, mm. which is which is quite just quite scary and a lot of pressure to, to sit. And you can't I'm you sure. can't like you, you mentioned the five to six p.m. thing. Like when you when you do this kind of stuff, even things like digital twin fan club sits in my head a lot of the time. Like you, you, 
the, the big corporate pieces, there's the systems and the process at big corporate jobs. There's the systems, the processes, the people, the departments around you around to do stuff for you and support you. When you work for yourself or when you're doing something yourself, there isn't that. And you literally have it in your head all the time. Like, and yeah. it's like, oh, you've got to do this thing. You have to do it. You have yeah. to make it happen. You have to decide on it. So it's quite overwhelming, isn't it, in a lot of ways? Oh, God, yeah. Oh god, yeah, and I think that's the. I I mean that's why one of the reasons why I ins I insist on using subcontractors now because I need to externalize stuff. So I need to write it down. You know, I've started writing down. Um, I have a uh, a little notebook um, that my lovely girlfriend Sophie got me in Florence. That is my daily task list that I write down. Ah, that's yours. Um, and I've started um, on a bullet journal. And I've actually started uh, coloring it in uh, while we've been on this call, which is about you know toolkits and how we how to approach different problems and you know making notes and writing things down and all those sorts of things. And um, I remember when I first started doing stuff on paper, I remember somebody came up to me and was like, um, you know, why? Very a, a bit of a, they're like, why? Oh, I thought you were a tech person. Oh, I'm like, yeah. Yeah, so I love tech, but if I sit down thinking about, ooh, what do I need to do with my mobile phone, that will turn into a Google search, and that will then turn into 20 minutes, half an hour, and then maybe, or maybe I will or will not remember why I started doing nothing. <laughs> I, it's, it's really weird. I've gone back to, I think, the last, um, the last six months, I, for the first time in probably a decade, I've had to go back to paper because mm. I'm so overwhelmed by social channels Teams, Zoom, Google Drive, SharePoint, email, 738,328 WhatsApp groups I'm in. Yeah. I physically can't get my head around. Like even using like OneNote, you use OneNote, but then it, you're logged into a different SharePoint, so the OneNote disappears. So just having a piece of paper that I can sit and doodle on. Yes. And I've, I've started writing like notes in the front and to-do lists in the back, and I'm going to start doing, started using like writing down like do use actually physically writing down time planning and not using my calendar anymore because my calendar is just absolutely violated every day by yeah. 10,000 teams meeting. Probably the worst thing to come out of the pandemic is the amount of online meetings now. Yes. Oh goodness. Tell me about it. I mean, so the way I got that structured is obviously all my meetings are online. Obviously all my meetings are online. Um, so they ping um, and then I go to those. So I have something that it's telling me that I need to be looking at my computer now. Um, and then this is a day by day little list. Um, and I have to carry it with me as well. Um, you know, I've been doing lots of reading about how to, you know, cope, etc. And if I promise somebody something, it goes in the book. And then yeah, I have I have what I know I've agreed to. And it's not massive. Whereas I find if I'm doing it digitally. I end up with this, you know, I have all the subtasks and all how I'm going to go do that and how, oh, somebody will need to speak to somebody else. I've taken all these notes. I'm just looking at it going, oh God, what do I do? Whereas here, yeah. it's very simple. Send email. Thank Tim. <laughs> you know, you know, um, follow up with Alison Watson. Um, speak to Oliver Hughes of Digital Construction Week about Apollo Protocol. Um release podcast you know like stuff that is just it's much more doable mm. it's much so it's, more doable is it because we're all that is it because there's just too many platforms um, i think i've always been this way i think i've just i've finally come to terms with the fact that i'm this way and that yeah. if it's simple and doable and always in the same place because that's i think another thing with with if you've got it in 500 places you know, if I want to pick up my my to do list and my little bullet journal, that's here. That's here. It's right here on the table. I pick it up. I look in it. That's that's sub. You know, sub two seconds. I can be on the right page, seeing what I need to do next. It's it's interesting things like the the idea of centralized notes. Everything's available on every device you own. Yeah. But then it's like. Um you get kicked out of your SharePoint and then you lose it all and you've got to log back in and there's two-factor authentication and then it's not there and it's not sync. And so I've just got to the point where I've got too many of those and yeah. I need something that was a bit more 
hands on. Yeah. Uh, anyway, it's a bit, a, bit, a bit of a weird tangent. So, so my biggest challenge, one of the challenges I'm facing this week, go on, is um, like project growth in my in my WSP hat is has been a lot and balance and balancing good. team pressure. Yes, good, it's great. Team pressure versus recruitment and recruitment of the right people is is a current challenge. Uh, uh, that is... if, if you recruit too many people and some projects get on hold, people aren't busy. It's like it's that's that's like how much pressure do you want to put on people versus the that's one of the challenges I'm currently facing. Like we're doing lots of project work, but then at what point are we do we have too much project work? When do we recruit more people? Balancing that workload, right? Do you have to? Because uh, this is how I have been looking at it. Because I was, I thought some amazing amounts of money were going to head my way at the end of last year. I was thinking about recruiting, and I mean, it's because I'm so. I guess it's because I'm so early in in the kind of the business is me plus subcontractors. Um, I would only really do that if I had basically something guaranteed yeah. and signed for and from a client who I trust to pay on time, then I'd be like, okay, right, I can go permanent now. And I've just not really had that sort of project yet. You know, I thought it was going to be a really big event. You have people's lives. It's the weird thing, obviously, big big corporate's different to your own own space, but you're responsible for them and that pressure will get to you. Um, Yeah. Because like, hey there, particularly like thinking about the startups you deal with through zero, the pressure they go through from a cash flow perspective of, and it's not necessarily mm. you've got invoices, invoices all over the place, but from on your own, doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get the invoice. Yeah, and it's I mean, like you're you're version, making a commitment version. if you employ somebody. I mean, it's it's very tangible in a small yeah. company where it's literally money in, money out. Like it just goes through me, and then that's it. But even in bigger companies, you know, you are making a commitment to pay somebody monthly. Yeah, it's why um, big companies don't mess around with cash flow. If you're late, they will come and get you. Mm. Uh, but as, a, as, the, as, the, as the bottom of the supply chain, you can't do that. No, like, no. You can have some cash. Oh, yeah, we'll deal with it when we're ready. And it's like, but anyway, that's... That's that's uh... that's what's on your mind. Well, like I say, it's a good problem to have. But like, like you say, you've got to balance these yeah. things, right? You know, yeah. it's a slightly different scale of problem. Um yeah. I, I look forward to that problem. I look forward to anyway, that problem. Anyway, that's that's diary recording number one. I think we need longer. I think we need forty-five minutes for these. Yeah, I mean, I, but I've enjoyed that, and I thought that was really fun uh, talking about like we just talked about how we're managing our time and what we've got going on. And I feel like notepads. You know, notepads. Everyone needs to go back to a notepad. That's the that's and we're actually holding our notepads up to the camera, which you won't see. Um, but Henry's yeah. is floral. It is. It is a uh, handmade by a. Um, a a master, I don't know what you call so you know like a haberdasher does. Yeah, Man's clothes and fabric. Ooh. I, don't think it's, I don't think it's real moleskin. So. A milliner, a milliner, a milliner. I can't even say it. A milliner does hats. What is a, is a bookbinder? That's what they're called. Yeah, bookbinder. Uh, okay. So yeah. All right. That's that was fun. Episode one of the the diaries. Lovely. Great. All right. Let's do this again. All right. See you next week. Cheers. Click save. Oh, yeah. There it is. We now have a soundtrack. Very nice. So, this podsicle. Pod set here. It, is a, it has been a podcast this week, hasn't it? I think it was minus. I think it was minus seven when I set off to uh, London for a one and a half hour meeting yesterday. Yes, this is when living in a flat has its benefits. I closed all the other doors except for my living room, office, kitchen, dining room. It's all the same place. Um, and you could feel it when I opened the door into the other room because I was keeping this room warm. Uh, it was freezing, and I could see my breath. Wow, modern cost, cost of living crisis. Two things I saw were well, someone with a frozen a frozen fish tank, huh? On the news because their house was just that cold because they didn't oh have a heat on the fish tank froze. It's pretty bad. But the fish weren't happy about that. No, it's relatable to me that because I went on a holiday once, and it was like during a cold snap, and my aquarium froze because oh. the heating 
kind of packed up. Oh my and the, god! The, the fish looked. The fish looked fine. Sorry, laughing at my own joke there. Were they generally? Because yeah, I mean, fish can survive. No, they, they weren't fine. Oh they no, fine. Oh, because they were frozen. Because they were frozen. <laughs> like, like in like, time. He looks okay. Just warm him up. Like no, no, that's an no. ex-fish. He's he's pretty frozen. Yeah. Anyway, so this is episode two of what? What are we even calling this? Um, because it was like a diary, diary. Uh, yeah, yeah. Digital coffee, coffee pod. Probably taken. Ah, oh, yeah, let's just come up with a new name every week. Let's do that. Uh, I think, well, I mean, what is this for? This is just like a conversations with it's about John and Henry, right? And, and like what's going on, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Like in the real world, in like in, it's more of an authentic pod than a technical pod with yeah. a bit of our industry linked together. Yeah, um, yeah, we, we've done the, we've done plenty of the technical stuff over the years. I, I think, uh, you know, maybe no one will listen to this, but that's fine because it's just an excuse to have a chat. And it's, it, it gives I us time in our diary, right? I was right. I was. Right, I've been writing things down. Have all you? Week. Yeah. I actually so have my I... um, my calendar open, which is like my way of remembering what I did this week and what's been happening. So no, I'm still massively back to paper, and I'm getting so much grief for that. I bet. Um, um, because people are like, oh well, you're not getting reminders, and I'm like, yeah, I don't want them. No. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So the, 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 the peer for zero is like, no, no, you need to use this so you can get reminders of when you've got tasks. And I'm like, I'm so overwhelmed with tasks. A reminder gets ignored now because it's like, I just haven't got time to do it. Yeah. Whereas I focus my, my papery things. So what's going on, what, what's your week been like, Henry? What's going on this week? Well, I'm going to continue on the task-based front, which is, you know, I've got my little book. Uh, I bought very cheaply a load of uh, markers because I'm bullet journaling now as well, which is a good way... Um, my anti-planner book arrived. This is all like ADHD coping mechanisms. This is almost, you know, in three months, it will be a year since I was diagnosed. And so it's like, you know, I've got my medication on the one hand, but I've got my tools for life on the other. So um, my anti-planner book came um, and that's a cool book. It is literally the anti-planner. It's just like, are you overwhelmed? Are you stuck? Um, are you procrastinating? And there's, it's a bit like a, a playbook. You know, you read some of these, uh, you know, um, like the zero playbook or like a design playbook. You open it to a certain page and it goes, think about this or do this. Here's the thing you could do right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, well, so that's what's it, been going it, on we, with my organization. I think, I feel like um, stationery is going to form a key part of this conversation. <laughs> I'm using, so interestingly, I'm just holding a pen up to the camera. Oh, oh, what's that? Uh, this is a this is a pencil, a fountain pencil, um, oh. that I've had since 2014. Wow. That I took from a stationery cupboard in an office when like like looting stationery was a cool thing. <laughs> obviously, like those are the days. Yeah, and I remember thinking, oh, I need some more pens. Took some pens, and I found it the day and I started using it. It still works. Wow. Um, I was like, I nicked this in 2013, and it's still anyway. It's uh, the per if the per, the people know the pe the per the, if the company know I had this, they'd probably send a SWAT team. Yeah. That, yeah, yeah. Anyway, fortunately, um, so, uh, they so what, they aren't here. Uh, I, well, no. How dare you try and push the conversation forward? How dare you? Because I have a pentel related story. Um, okay. As somebody who's been trying to learn and doing okay but not really progressing to learn japanese over the years i have a brush pen which is also a pentel pen um hold it up to the uh, yeah it's like uh, yeah yeah and it's uh it's wonderful for like calligraphy and stuff because it's really thick dark ink but it being a brush means the harder you press it the more impressive and thick the line is so you can do these oh, really oh my it, god it, so you could do so instead of communicating by words you can just do like one japanese single of a page and just be like that's today's task <laughs> yes if if, yeah. if if uh 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 not communicating making myself look smart and other people look stupid was the plan uh, i actually use it way more for drawing borders around things than, <laughs> than anything else. so yeah that's the stationery if you want to move us on that's fine i've done my stationery bit We've done our yeah, okay. So, so what's section. your week look like then? What's been going on? What's your key? So I've got I've got two I've got two quite weird points that I wrote down. I mean, I had I, I've actually wrote like a big rant, and then I wrote two points that I think is relevant to my week this week. Okay. Um. So, 
I start with you know the day job um so learning my lessons you know running my own little consultancy from previous projects I have a nice project at the moment which is looking at why do construction skills support aka apprentices go to bigger companies and not smaller ones um and that is running now i have two people uh, uh supporting me the wonderful uh linda uh, thompson who i've worked with before and uh, sharon anderson who came recommended and they are very confident we've got loads of people lined up for interviews we're interviewing people who have the problems not the people who ha who are paid to have opinions so i think it's going to be a very different take than say the modernize or die paper about apprentices that uh, Mike Palmer created. Hopefully allied, but um, you know maybe not. Um, so that's the work thing. That's what I've been working on. That's been number one. But I've left a bit of time learning my lessons. I've left some time for some business development. So nice. I've had smashed that's avocado for brunch this morning. Oh, still feeling it. it had pomegranate seeds on it. It's great. Did you? Did you? Yeah, the business development piece. That's always been one of the challenges, hasn't it? So does that oh, make yeah. you feel better then? Do you feel like because you've kind of you've been pushing LinkedIn a lot and very brave, very brave, by the way, doing the video on the post. I'm sure that was a challenge to post because this yeah. is probably this probably segues on to my next point. But how did you feel like posting that that video? And I have the most outrageous imposter syndrome every time I post that sort of stuff. And it's really funny. I was talking with uh, Ollie Hughes this morning. He runs Digital Construction Week. That's who I was having brunch with. Um, what, what, what did Ollie have? Uh, Ollie had the uh, Eggs Benedict. Nice. Really good place. Uh, the Hopefully old bicycle Hollandaise. shop on, in Cambridge. Really good. Hopefully the Hollandaise is warm. Please warm. Uh, well, mine, anyway. mine was really good, so I imagine his was good. good. I didn't offer so any of mine. Back to your imposter syndrome. Yeah, and uh, I was talking to him about that, and he was like, I mean, no offence, mate, but I don't see it. I was like, well, it's, it's there. Trust me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, 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 oh, it just makes you want to not post, everyone, right? I think, everyone, I think everyone deals with imposter syndrome. Yeah, like all the good every, people. Every day of their, anyone who doesn't is probably a sociopath. Yes, yes, I, I imagine like, so. That's like Donald Trump is probably the only person I would say doesn't have imposter syndrome. Yeah, I don't think Boris Johnson has imposter syndrome either. Yeah, I don't well, think he has what, it. He's probably got reverse imposter syndrome. <laughs> I don't know what that is. What's reverse imposter syndrome? Um, imposer syndrome. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's, <laughs> he just yeah. turns up and thinks he knows everything. Yeah, but um, it's something I've always dealt with. But uh, so I think, well, Good. it's like, why does Henry? Why does Henry deserve this? That's the kind of thing. But that's what goes through your head, doesn't it? Yeah, that that and um, this sort of there's this almost automatic. Have you ever had you know those conversations? arguments with people that you've maybe met once that you were driving and they annoyed you, you know you have an argument with them in the shower later or, or, or do you know what I mean I, I create those things do you want to name some names Henry do you want to name some names um, I don't, don't know name, the name don't, of people don't name names I don't know I don't know the names of the people in the car so what are we talking about um, you know but I mean certainly I mean pff, my whole life has been full of lots of people who are very motivated and part of winning for them is pushing other people down so you know um, you can internalize that a bit and it's not healthy. So um been doing a lot of gymming and exercising. You know, I quit drinking at the start of the year, so that's all kind of part of it. Um I uh, went to some meditation last night and you know, I, I, part of me is like you know, I've got this kind of very Western medicine family and it's all a bit like, mm, mm, is it real though? Is it legit? But Certainly one thing that I think is super legit is treating yourself like you would a close friend, like somebody you love or, you know, treating yourself. Uh, and would you say those things to yourself? And so this has been the conversation I've been having with myself. I'm feeling the imposter syndrome. And, you know, these things bubble up of not good enough, bad, people will hate it, people will hate you, people will think you're stupid. Um, you know, all, all these things, not good enough, blah, 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 blah. And then, like, you know, Okay, how would I talk to me if I loved me? If let's say I do, let's so, say I do. I'm I'm going to challenge that, <laughs> go and on. I'm going to say. So this is actually one of the points I've wrote down. Oh, come on then, um, yeah, over to you. So, I I struggle. Something I struggle with professionally 
is is not being I don't like not being liked and that's just like a quite a common life I don't like to fall out with people but I'm very much getting to the point where I'm calm, over the last probably four years where I'm happy with not being liked if it's just based on my opinion and me being authentic to who I am hmm. like I'm more comfortable with that like and that's challenge but the way I've it's kind tough. of and usually that's to do with very short-term kind of decisions or impacts of like things you have to do in work or like one of the things that this happened this week is the launch of the B to the Zero Academy, and I absolutely know I am going to get an absolute pile of grief for it. A, I've had to write words, which are not my strong point. Mm. Um, so there's obviously that's not that's a challenge. But also, people that people are going to be like, "Why on earth are you doing that?" And we've already had that question. But I don't care if people don't like it. We've done it because we've done it. Therefore, whatever. Yeah. And the way that I'm kind of positioning that, and this is where you need to challenge yourself. Is would deathbed Henry care about that decision? <laughs> like that—that's it's a really interesting perspective yeah. when you think, right? I'm going to launch an academy, and people are going to give me stick. Would deathbed Monkley care? I think, no. yeah, deathbed Monkley would definitely care if you didn't do it just because you thought you thought you imagined, but perhaps rightly that some people will give you grief for it. Oh, they will. But do I care? They are. Like, well, you're, uh, you know, th- I feel like. So would so would Deathbed Henry have said, "Don't launch the video because you might have a little bit of imposter syndrome." He'd be like, "No, just, no, just do it." Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. So absolutely. that's a great. Have, have a conversation with Deathbed Henry that's about to slip into the sea, that that is really <laughs> close to the edge of the sea, and just be like, "Deathbed Henry, should you do this?" And if he says yes, just do it. Seriously, it's a really interesting way to look at a decision that you're nervous about. In yeah. my opinion, I, I I like it. I like it. I will give that a go. I will give that a go because yeah. I think that is a. Uh, would deathbed henry steal a ferrari i don't think so and no he probably wouldn't would he i don't think so i want the deathbed henry in deathbed on his deathbed might because it's like i'm on my deathbed what are you gonna do to me like put me in prison who cares uh it's it's, it's quite an interesting concept to think about to frame decisions though isn't it yes but deathbed henry talking to me looking back deathbed henry looking back on henry's life (laughs) Not not actual deathbed Henry. I feel like that that guy is dangerous and will do whatever he wants. <laughs> we just, he doesn't care at all. But uh, Henry, you know. take that take that take that into business though. Take that into like a business concept and a day job concept. Like it's quite interesting when you're looking at decisions or like, do you want to send that email that you're slightly nervous about? Ultimately, it doesn't really matter in the bigger picture of things. No. No. Yeah, like, and and I was thinking. I actually had a similar thought. I was. Um, in a in a meeting and hearing about um uh this is the data sharing discussion group uh that's led by sarah hayes and she's been running it for ages and we were in the um in a meeting it was a presentation about smart meter data sharing really interesting stuff um it could definitely be important i did my bit by getting a smart meter installed and immediately my bills went up uh, just because they were accurate, yep. they were going to go up in the end. It wasn't a direct consequence. I'm not some sort of conspiracy theorist, but uh, um, I was sitting there in this meeting and I was like, you know, I genuinely had this thought at one point, like, am I the only one who's thinking who's going to pay for this? So I had to ask the question, and I did. And I don't know. I feel like perhaps Deathbed Henry would have wanted me to have pushed further because. I just felt very much this view that this is important, therefore it should be funded conversation. And I agreed with them, you know, um, somebody looking after that smart data, uh, the smart meter data and, and, you know, assuring it and giving access to people should be paid for. But I just, I wasn't convinced that they had thought it about it widely enough. There was, you know, how could you incentivize this? Who is going to pay for this? And just saying, oh, ultimately goes on people's bills which is what they said shouldn't be exactly i was like no and i should have pushed back on that but i was a bit i think it's because i was taken aback by like oh surely i thought we were just going to dance around the subject that this was going to put people's bills up but surely if some company comes in and makes money out of this then they should uh they should pay for the privilege right rather than passing it on to the masses triple down economics trickle 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 up the (laughs) the costs down um, yeah, 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 yeah. That's like yeah. So, so, so thinking about that a little further, what would Go Deathbed on. Henry tell you to say in that in that session? I think Deathbed Henry would have wanted me to say, 
I think you've made some assumptions about what is okay in for for citizens and people uh, and what they would accept and what they wouldn't and without you testing that with them um you'll face the same sort of pushback that you face with the smart meter rollout because they've had loads of pushback on it and that is all about engagement and communication with citizens with people so um don't know if that would have helped but i should have pushed that's quite you know that's me just thinking that's like l'esprit d'escalier as the french say the spirit of the stairs or whatever l'esprit means um but yeah i should have certainly pushed back and been like you know you guys should challenge yourselves on this rather than just accept that it's all right we'll just make the taxpayer pay or it will just come out of the government you know i mean oh, sure that free pot of, that free unlimited pot of money that yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, you know, there's, there's, uh, and I think it's because, you know, I, just, I spent a lot of time last year writing a, a report on this, just this idea that this, this evident disconnection between people who are trying to do cool stuff and the people it affects and the people who it helps and the people who mm. pay for it. And it's just all totally disconnected. And they're all just like, we, why does nobody want to do our stuff? Because so nobody knows who's it for, who it's for, what it costs, why you do it, what the problems are. You coming in with solutions? Are you coming in with technical solutions, not solving specific problems, which is a problem? That's quite common approach of these kind of. You can take that on any of the technology problems. The amount of startups that kind of throw a thing into industry and go, ah, this thing fixes things. We've done AI for mm, leaf through oh. book building safety. Like, great. What sort of AI? Uh, language model. Okay, fine. You know, maybe one of those will stick. Fine, mm. but I I think um, interesting technology say where don't let, let's not go too technology because we'll, AI is slipping into the trough of disillusionment. Mm. I believe. Or, I think it's slipping into the trough. I was watching a uh, skateboarding video podcast yesterday. Good tangent. Which was, uh, which was about the number, the top ten. Uh, most influential skateboarding videos of all time and they're having a great chat about it you know it's, it's full of uh, old pros and then they asked chat gpt and it was really good it was really good it said you know it used all the caveats which is like um so uh, uh, diff uh skateboarding has had multiple um eras so uh certain skateboarding videos um uh represent certain areas and turning points in skateboarding history and it's like well yes i mean i don't know where he got this from that's the thing probably, probably, well yeah. somebody's written that's a blog right. on it or it's just it's in yeah that's the thing isn't it is uh so the, it, the interesting case dude that i was it's not tangent too much because it's meant to be like henry and jonathan's therapy but um i know someone who's involved in financial crime in banks and it's his job to kind of I actually introduced him to ChatGPT. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. We're um, talking a white hat here, somebody who's on the security side, not somebody whose yeah. job is to rob banks. And he, so he's been tasked, he was tasked okay. with... Um, That's good. The, proof, the proof of concepts for it. Ah. And he tried th he tried doing three proof of concepts for financial crime. So one of the things banks have to do is when someone applies for a, a bank account is they have to check it's some regulation. This is interesting things with ChatGPT and regulation. Mm-hmm. They have to check to see whether I can't remember the, name of the regulation where the whether there's any media headlines anywhere of that individual that potentially puts the bank at risk. So, oh wow, Henry Henry applies for a bank account. Is there anything in the news that says Henry's included in drug trafficking, mm -hmm. or is there anything online that implicates Henry in anything dodgy? Because then the bank can be brought into dispute. Now that's done manually by individuals, and they tried to build uh, an air-gapped knowledge model. Yeah. To do the to do the same thing based on the data set. They give it the data sets. The issue the issue that so that's the air gap, right? Is that it's not just all of it, it's their own data. It's yeah, yeah. so it's the data they would have looked at. The issue the LMM had, it didn't have the nuances of a of a human to like look at a daily mail headline and go, All right, that person's been accused but they've been acquitted. Yeah. So it would just be like this person has it couldn't it couldn't look it couldn't make the interpretation of what it do if that makes sense. So it kind of just made up the answer based on the data set it was given so it, what he called it they called the term data hallucinations which yeah. i thought was fantastic yeah which everyone looks at chat gpt and thinks oh that's perfect they don't dig into the data behind it because they knew the data they fed into it 
and they wanted to see a specific result, they could see the discrepancies in the large language model, what they wanted it to do, and the actual results. They were like, how can we do that? So every result had to be checked by humans. So it kind of defeated the object. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that's... Um... Technology yeah, software. I think yeah. So I think you're right that there's that trough of disillusionment, but but in a kind of while still realizing it's changing our world massively, it's not like the sort of trough of disillusionment is going to go away, or it's gone oh, yeah. away, or it's not finding up applications. But this sort of oh, it does all this amazing stuff. Oh, it makes stuff up, and and that yeah, you know that's that's came on pretty quick, right? Um, that came on pretty quick. So I think trough of disillusionment is. You know, this is almost like any technology, right? You know, I remember um, there seems to have been this kind of weird backwards world where, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, people younger than me were growing up, you know, learning to use the internet, all the parents, you know, there was a real worry about what kids would see online. Um, and, you know, we're taught, you know, all of these things, it was in schools. And then suddenly these older generations don't have this sort of filter of, uh, and it's this is that's very broad brush and it's not true of everybody but there isn't that education or just this understanding if you've grown up with the internet you know it's full of liars it's full of people it's full of lies and liars and it doesn't tell the truth and it has bias and it's full of people and so you know you kind of inherently know that there's your people there's some other people you don't know and there's all these kind of camps and tribes and all this stuff going on and you just know you you understand that you can trust it x much um or to y degree but no yeah. more and yeah. ai is this well, a the large language models are the same right you know loads of people take, are like oh just trust it like no no well take, do take the way you would use google henry yeah henry's so deathbed henry is using google um <laughs> you would google you'd look at 10 things and you make an interpretation yeah. of which ones you would think were correct wouldn't you yeah Whereas, i mean i i'd look at those you know if i'm trying to find if deathbed <laughs> henry's talking at looking at my shoulder and saying you know find this stuff out you know i look at those sources do those sources stand to gain right you know if yeah. i if i read a blog on you know the latest adhd you know and i've read loads of adhd stuff um on the latest adhd uh i don't know exercise or book or approach or technique can i buy that on their website in which case it's probably lies it's sales right yeah so before we tangent back to the next point in the diary there's a there, uh, this was interesting um there's a new netflix documentary called you out you eat oh right i heard of that you, right so i watched it and i was like this is very pro vegan like oh really from the from the outset it's basically the testing twins they put one on omnivore one on vegan diet and then they say like who's healthier and all the way through it was massively pro vegan like all the way through like it just felt a little bit too much yeah yeah if that makes sense and then i was reading about it and the funder of the documentary is one of the largest investors in meat alternatives uh -huh. <laughs> meat alternative products. i was like ah oh, oh, uh, that's funded a shame by big plant it's funded by big plant big plant big plant yes so that, it, it, but, but straight away like it just seemed a little, little bit too unauthentic, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because it was just so like, oh my God, I'm like a changed person and everything's amazing and everything's healthier. I mean, there probably is benefits of it, but it just felt like a little bit too much, if that makes sense. So I literally, I literally just to, I like to kind of continue this theme. I just Googled because I'd heard recently that somebody said that, you know, actually veganism might not be as sustainable as we think. I am, you know, my girlfriend is, is vegetarian. So I've started eating more vegan vegetarian food and it's, it's just, it's good food. I don't, you know, I don't have this kind of view that I have to have meat with every piece of food I eat. Um, so I put, uh, so I just Googled because I'd heard that is vegan food unsustainable. Top result. Um, is from the American ostrich farms. So I'm not sure I'm going to trust or even read that because. So, so is, is that eating ostrich meat or is it just like. No, it, no they've written a blog. Uh, that says, and it's the number one on Google for is food is vegan food unsustainable, which is is veganism so they, sustainable? Vegan so big ostriches, yeah, some good SEO then. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm I'm not even going to read just <laughs> I'm not going to read your stuff, guys. Like I'll read the, the Atlantic and then the BBC are next. I think you know maybe you should probably read both. 
Um, don't trust the BBC anymore. Sorry. It depends what they. T- well, it's it's like m- uh, most news sources. It depends what they talk about. So, for example, sure. Al Jazeera really great. If they talk about Israel, I don't listen. Like I don't even read their Israel <laughs> stuff, right? Because it's like you guys have a very different worldview on Israel to me. Um, you know, and the BBC can be the same on on different topics. Um, but I think health and food they're probably legit right they can you know lionize britain a bit much um loads of great recipes this is just henry looking at a website by the way the, the, yeah. from a podcast listening perspective this is a bit weird henry's looking very excited he's twiddling his fountain pen this is the brush um, pen his brush pen call sorry. back um, you might need to tangent banana this, Henry. Yeah, all right. Well, I've just... Um, I mean, the fact is, right, is that um, I think this... It's not a question of is veganism sustainable. I think it's like many of these things. Is it less unsustainable? And it's not the food that is unsustainable. It's the population that it relates to. So if we yeah. if we grow and grow and grow and grow it won't matter what we eat at some point i i think i believe from what i've read with veganism that tipping point is more and more people but we shouldn't use that as an excuse to take up every square inch of the planet growing avocados growing avocados uh yes in fact avocados is up there on one of the worst ones um needs up to 209 liters every day in the summer in california what? more than would fill a large bathtub um that is a tree though right they're avocado avocado trees yeah that's not not one that's not per avocado that's per avocado tree and i don't know how many they have 20 100 avocados on them so it's still loads it's loads of water sauce from big avocado um big cardo probably let's let's park the 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 veganism chat all right i think we could end up let's let's (laughs) let's let's bring it back into henry jonathan therapy go on then Go on then. Okay. Um, so, I've told you about my diary. What's going on in yours? Or what do you want to talk about? Well, I mentioned my two points I'd wrote down. I did a big rant as well, but... Um, oh, yeah. I love I Jonathan was pondering, I was pondering what this this year was going to be like. Because last year, I think the, the, the middle to the end of last year, um, I think we shifted back to a post-pandemic lifestyle of like you will get the train everywhere and you will do this and you'll go to the meetings and you'll be back in the office. Mm-hmm. Which is put like for example, I've I've done six long train journeys this week. Wow. Like to different cities. So three 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 city trips. Um we just did London back to Birmingham back. Been to Manchester, been to Birmingham. So I've been Birmingham, Birmingham, Manchester, London, which is a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot of travel. Do you know? Do you know what the interesting things that I find though when I travel? I have a lot more time to think. Oh, I interesting. I have, I have a lot. I have a lot more time to listen. I struggle to work on trains because I don't. I just do. I can do certain things on trains. I can't write emails, and I can't write on trains. I can work, but I can't write emails. So I end up listening to a lot of podcasts and end up listening to like doing a lot of like thoughty stuff. And pondering back from post-pandemic to now, like the amount of stress. I've chosen to put myself under is ridiculous, and I'm sat there now feeling like I am at the the bottleneck of a funnel, mm. like and now it's down to Jonathan. Like the, I think it's probably the part of the Zero Academy launch that I decided was a fantastic idea. Like I'm like conference, got a global digital event, got an academy, got a community. I mean, it is a great idea, by the way. Um, yeah, I think. Like, that, how, I, I think. How do I make it happen? I mean that's that's a different question. Uh yeah, I just sat there going and I've wrote down like so I've wrote down in I've wrote down in my piece of my book all the things I need to do to make it happen and it is literally page after page after page after page. So it's like overwhelmingly huge as a concept. Yeah. Like people see people see these things happen. And they're like, it's probably like the stuff you do with the um, cyber physics, the infrastructure, the, the, the cyber, cyber physics, I can't say it. Cyber physical infrastructure. Thank you for speaking like a normal human being. Like That's, people sorry. probably just thought, oh, Henry wrote this thing and got all the kudos for it. But they probably didn't see the fact that you probably ripped your soul out 
stamped yeah. on it, give bits to people just to get that bit of work. Oh yeah. And then ripped your soul out to deliver it and stamped it and then put your soul back in and stood on a thing and said, I've done a report. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's um, you know, you need I mean, I think there's two points here, right? Like you need your time out and so it's probably good that you're not like sitting there grinding. The amount of spreadsheets I see on trains in the UK is unreal. Um and you know, we've been there, I've been there, I've been there, I understand it. But um I think it's pretty good that you take that time because you're probably in far worse shape otherwise. But uh I think my thought is you asking for help. Are people help are you asking for help? Are people helping? Um, I don't think it's asking for help. Well, it, it's... Uh, no, I, I mean, it's are just... you asking for help? It's a direct question. Oh, Henry, Light... Henry, will you help? The light's on you. Henry, will you help? No, the, the, the community <laughs> will help when we ask them to, when we need them to, but there's just... Obviously, the responsibility lives to the people that, that have said they're going to do it, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and it, it's of one of the challenges when, there, when there's ultimate responsibility, like, you don't want to send an email saying, oh, I can't do it now, sorry, bye. Yeah, like you, ha- like you couldn't halfway through the uh, cyber physical imp- infrastructure report, you couldn't go. Oh, this is too much. I'm off. Yeah, I get that. Yeah, so it's like it's down to it's down to Henry to make it happen. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I get that. I do get that. So I feel like that's a. I feel like get it out there sooner rather than later. I feel like it's just going to get that those feelings going to get worse the longer you sit on it, sit on it. <laughs> Yeah, well, no, we're doing, we're doing like there's there's a huge huge amount of things that like Zoo Zoo was dealing with like deal with cash flow and and sponsorship and yep. sales yeah yeah all the stuff that doesn't sales of just like getting sponsorship to do the stuff and it's not as if anyone's getting paid for it so that makes it harder yeah um so there's all the stuff that sits in the background back return like all that stuff that's that's the stuff that makes it difficult not not the well and then you've got to do the thought leadership and the the culture of the business and the da 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 da. It's like a scale up, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Uh, which is which is you wake up and you feel it on your back. You feel that kind of. Yeah. You must make it happen, and you have that peak, the peaks in the troughs and all that kind of stuff. So it's it's fine. Yeah, I mean, yeah, man. I I, I feel you there. It's it's difficult to know what to give up and what not to. I have I have just had a thought. Yeah. Um. I was thinking about mentoring. I've been mentoring for women in BIM for a couple of years now, and you know that's been really useful. Find yourself a mentor. Find yourself a mentor who's done this. I was thinking Alison Watson, who runs Class of Your Own. He runs why basically. Do you, why, do you think, why do you think we started this pod? <laughs> this is, this Alison, are you listening? Alison, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, I, I actually caught up with Alison this week, actually, and she always makes me feel better when we when we chat. Her, her energy always makes me feel better. Because she's like one of the most ultra enthusiastic people in like in a position of where she's had to scrape the results she needed because yeah. of the way the industry works. Yeah, like and, and I love that you preemptively taken my advice. Uh, AKA, I w- like we yeah that was the right, I think that was the right thing to do. But you know, having somebody who's been there or is still there can just make you feel like because i feel like you know certainly you're talking about you know like me and the report stuff you can feel like you're going mad like am i mad is this am i am i completely going in the wrong direction am i doing this wrong am i why am i feel you know like all of those things how you feel how you're spending your time all those things having somebody's been like they're like oh yeah i yeah i've been there i know what that's like and sometimes it's like it'll pass and sometimes it's like well get some help speak to somebody don't do yeah. that bit you know advice coaching that sort of thing because yeah. you you i mean you know this is this is uh this is the issue with wanting to help and do a lot is you end up taking a lot on right that's just part Take of it unless and do better it's something so the other the other thing i actually had written down in my rant i didn't write it down as a point is is the resilience piece mm. and like the ability just to be go take a deep breath and go it's going to be all right yeah and just like and and have some faith accept, and like uh, yeah well again not like sometimes you get things you have to deal with and it's like well i actually can't do anything today but i'm it's going to be all right if i do x y and z in two weeks i just need to stick at it yeah 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I know what you mean because you can get this kind of impulse that it's like, well, it's that it's that kind of fight or flight anxiety, isn't it? It's like, oh my god, right, ah, that thought has come in, and I must, if I don't react and do something about it, I'm gonna, I, I'm not good enough. I'm gonna have a meltdown. It's all gonna start failing, and you know, yeah, hmm. like you say, you're like, no, actually, I can, I can give it some space. We'll, t- we'll, t- we'll take take like uh, the example of bad debtors i know we've talked about this a lot in the past and it was something that happened to me when i was an undergrad mm. and it, it it still sticks with me of like when the situations where you've got a bad debtor and um you're chasing them and it's like you can't do anything about it and you feel like you just feel insanely you have to be able to go in the end it'll be all right and you have to have that resilience and that kind of grit within yourself to kind of bounce let that bounce off you and just mm. accept this as part of the process of existing as a as an entity like yep. Um, so I I have the opposite problem. Um, my problem it, with resilience is just not acknowledging the thought at all, and not even not even addressing it. That's been historically where I've made the mistake. I've just been like, it'll be fine, Mm-mm, lid on, don't think about it. But then the thought comes back and it comes back again. <laughs> so yeah, I think you're right. You know, you've got to sit there, acknowledge it accept it this is how it makes me feel this is what's going on i think it'll be all right and um you know and then you can put it down i think but i think you know your problem was the second part my problem was the first part which is like even acknowledging that that's how i feel right so yeah you know six of one half dozen of the other i think you've got to do, well, both, suppose, do, both. do you think that comes with do you think it comes with experience or i think it's a personality trait that like some people just don't have the ability to have like an emotion i it's, it's, it's interestingly like business and job and personal stuff mm. i react a lot more to anything business than like say, say for example i so, so, so i ride bikes and i think i mentioned this here and i was on a club ride and someone died during the club ride yeah man that's traumatic and we, we, we weirdly don't really stress about that kind of stuff in the short term it tends to impact further on <coughs> But like, I get an email that's something dodgy, and I'm instantly in like stress mode over it. It's like, right, what do I need to do to deal with this? How do I deal with this? Mm. And it's it's weird seeing the, the reactions from like a physiological perspective. Yeah, yeah, because it's tough. It's tough. Like it, this stuff, it's it's more than an intellectual exercise. I think that's the thing that we can really underplay. It's certainly like in in business culture is that you know this stuff is going to get under your skin and it is you know if if it's something you care about and you you know or it's something that you're invested in or yeah. you know all those sorts of things then you, you yeah you're going to get these physiological responses if you it's just if you come across them. It? it's something, yeah. something as well that i've tried to get my head into that it's just chemicals like yeah. the stress chemicals yeah, it's tricky, right? Because, yeah, I like, it's like, you know, and I think this is, you know, I've got that sort of been going through the, the ring on ADHD. It's like you've got to accept it, accept those feelings because they're yours and you can't, like, you just have to, right? Like, this is how you feel. This is your life. This is your brain. This is your brain on stress. You know, this is this is who you are. Um, and then I think just by doing that, that's helpful. But finding the way to have faith comfort yourself that you're doing something about it or that something can be done and finding something that can be done and uh, you know and not everything always you know this this is kind of slightly presuming that there's always a solution and sometimes there isn't sometimes the solution is that you walk away right and that's okay too when the time and place comes um but usually for me anyway that's after many many months of trying (laughs) cool right how are we going to summarize this? Um, mental health, important. Uh, AI, large language models, hallucinating. And this feels like haiku, like beginning haikus or something. So you know, um, what are you? Um, what have you got for uh, going on next week? That could be a good way to round that off. So I'm going to tell you what I've got because I just threw that out. Uh, Meeting people from Malaysia and Vietnam. Ooh, that's exciting. I've got a friend who's yeah. started a small uh, online teaching 
software who lives in Vietnam and it's for Vietnamese people. That's really cool. Uh, I'll tell you what I've got on. Um, so a uh, digital twin for nuclear decommissioning proposal that I've been supporting and part of the delivery team for that proposal for grant funding. Uh, got that going on on Friday. Um, what else? Having a chat with somebody at Innovate UK. Um, having a chat with somebody about responsive infrastructure. Um, yeah, I think they're from Denmark because I'm, uh, you know, been speaking to a number of different countries. Um, hopefully, be speaking to Canada soon, but that's not next week. About basically rolling out the plan from that report and making it happen. Uh, and on Saturday, I have the Lib Dem, Liberal Democrat. Cambridgeshire County Conference 2024, which I'm going to go to because I uh, nice. want to be a key part of there. Uh, so I've, I've, I've got two trains next week. Uh, oh, okay. Birmingham, London, and I'm meeting people from Vietnam. Nice. I have so zero trains next week. Um, I haven't included, and I should do actually on that uh, on that diary. I should include my uh, gym sessions because i've started doing loads of those because the whole kind of losing weight and not like not drinking like what do you do with so your time so <laughs> like, henry's just stood up and started tensing and flexing yeah. because he's now stacked just just absolutely stacked it just took me two weeks um <laughs> took me two weeks and i just built I built like an absolute brick outhouse um so yeah that's got to go in there as well i'm doing some of those in the morning some of those in the evenings i need to make into this this is kind of a point I need to make time to go outside even though it's, it's freezing it's, it's freezing okay not to. so yeah that's, so uh, that's it let's, let's let's get some points now let's build on let's make henry and jonathan better people next week okay i look forward to our uh, continued mental health journey <laughs> catch you in a bit cheers buddy mm-hmm.